0: fast in the last year a half. Till, uh, I'm all mixed up, you know. I can't keep away everything that's happening. You know? I'm all mixed up, you know. I'm all mixed up. I can't keep away everything that's happening. I'm all mixed up, I can't you keep away know? everything that's happening i am all mixed up you know Next up, Saturday afternoons, 5 p.m. here on WBAI in New York City.
1: trees. It's coming. Wow, here it, hey. here it comes. Here it comes.
0: Here it comes. You return to WBAI in New York, and we hear next, Primary Sources. Peter Lamborn Wilson. The uh, program's called Primary Sources. The radio station is known as WBAI in New York. Listener-sponsored, non-commercial, all those uh, good things. Um, I'm sitting in all summer for James saying in case you hadn't heard the news. Sidney <coughs> Smith is loyal en- loyally engineering again, and I guess that takes care of all the introductory bump. Tonight, I... Uh, for... Very a, a, a variety of reasons, I'm uh, going to um, veer away from our usual uh, religiose atmosphere around here and talk about literature and art instead. I still think we're going to stick to the concept of primary sources, but um, they're not going to be apocrypha or pseudepigrapha or anything like that, except perhaps in the modern sense of the word. <coughs> tonight, after uh, three years of incredibly difficult work involved, time-consuming, money-consuming work, I'm extremely proud to announce that uh, the long-awaited issue of Semiotext USA has appeared. And um, I have tonight in the studio with me my co-editors on that job, Jim Fleming and Sue Ann Harkey, who are going to have plenty to say, I hope, unless we're all so exhausted by what we've been doing uh, that we just fall asleep on you, in which case Sydney can put on some nice soothing music and uh, you can forget about it. But uh, I say this, first of all, because there's no air conditioning in the studio, and you should picture us already beginning to sweat here, as as, as we've been sweating for the past three days over this job. Um, I doubt that uh, any more than oh, I don't know, 20% of you have ever heard of Semiotext? Would that be a fair guess, do you suppose? And nevertheless, it's been around for a long time. And I think uh, since I'm a, a newcomer to the Semiotext collective, so to speak, instead of uh, talking about past history, let me just get a brief introduction from Jim Fleming about the history of Semiotext as a magazine and as a publishing company.
2: Well, it's a magazine that started at uh, Columbia University in 1974 uh, with a group of people um, mostly in foreign languages, romance languages, and French department primarily. And started as a fairly abstruse philosophical journal. About semiotics. About semiotics, which... Uh,
0: Remember semiotics?
2: Uh, uh, it needs not to be labored too much here, but in any event, uh, after... Uh, a few issues devoted to uh... interesting internal internal debates and in semiotics movement uh... we committed semiocide <laughs> and uh... and decided to publish a uh... A magazine that uh... practiced instead of preached and uh... the more recent issues of the magazine uh, which uh... a magazine which in how many of there been fourteen years has published this is the 13th, thirteen issues right. uh... <laughs> so it's a regular and uh most of the ways in which these things are measured and then event, the the issues after the uh the the, the post significant life of semiotext uh began with um, issues devoted to um, concepts like anti oedipus and radi- radical french uh, psychoanalytic thinking and
0: uh was the Nietzsche issue part of the original run or the new oh, oh the around new
2: the around the period of the break or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, more recent issues have uh been devoted to issues like polysexuality, uh, a uh an issue that um, probably introduced a number of uh new readers uh and that that was, that, uh, was the one that was denounced
0: in the US Senate, right?
2: Yes, actually, there's a fairly uh, ambitious uh, letter-writing campaign, uh, the kind that has uh, CC and uh, copies to uh, 35 Falwellians and others uh, in and out of the the official state apparatus, uh, denouncing us for uh, advocating animal sex and which, you know, oddly
0: enough, was the only perversion not covered in that issue, as I recall. <laughs>
2: Well, we may have missed the thing here or there, but we tried to get them all. uh, (laughs) In any event, that issue uh, uh, is a more recent one, but the more more recent ones still have um, fallen into two tracks, a track that's been exploring something like national political cultures uh, uh, and issues devoted to... uh, extra-parliamentary political-cultural movements in Germany and Italy, an issue about a very interesting group of Italian uh, renegades um, who uh, found themselves a, a, gr- a group called largely, uh, by, the, by the moniker, the Autonomia Movement.
0: And that was the name of the issue, Autonomia?
2: The issue was called Post-Political Politics, Italy, Autonomia, and uh, it was a uh, an issue devoted to Italy, as a more recent issue was devoted to Germany, um, which explored again something like extra-parliamentary political culture.
0: By what extra-parliamentary is kind of a bland term, don't you think? We could be more precise. I mean, to me, it's it seems well, like well,
2: shit kickers mostly, I guess. Is
0: <laughs> oh. Okay. Luckily, that word was used in context, but uh, you know, see that that poster up oh, there. that one of the seven ones? That has one of the, the, seven, one of the seven deadly I words. I don't you listen know.
2: to radio very much. I only. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Anyway, it got passed, and now you know the real semiotics of semiotext. <laughs> we can't. That's the last time that word can appear. In fact, I was even thinking I'd have to bring in a beeper machine tonight
2: in order to discuss
0: this issue at all. You I know, thought this I th- beep.
2: <laughs> what Peter's about <laughs> to discuss are the censorship problems we faced on this most recent issue of national political cultures, our own. And uh, we uh, the three days that he alluded to earlier were spent um, supplementing uh, some pages that printers refused to print, and uh, that uh, the S word uh, can certainly appear uh, with very little trouble. Oh no, print! The print of, print and of, and of course uh, is uh,
0: not the issue, but this is n- r- this is a different media, much more controlled media that we're in now. So we're going to have problems talking about this actually.
2: Well, the mechanisms of control in print. Uh, kind of sprung up at us a little bit uh, around this issue and uh, what happened uh... that just caused us uh... some unanticipated labor was uh... the fact that as well as quite uh... anticipated expense of course was that uh... five printers refused to print this most recent issue about the united states uh... calling it uh... subversive and obscene and uh that's something that uh, we've had some experience with at Semitext before um an issue called schizo-culture was actually turned down by uh by one printer uh, but this,
0: this is the 80s
2: this is the 80s and it felt you know like you know a printer here a printer Sorry. there and those things happen but uh we had five in a row on this one and uh, began to feel like uh
0: this was the same printer that that printed the polysexuality issue
2: no actually it's not oh it isn't but oh. um but it is the printer that had printed the previously unprintable issue. So uh, the standards have shifted, I think, in some sense. It felt as though a problem. It were we were confronting a problem that we might not have uh, been facing in the same way um, three or four years ago, even.
0: So, actually, <coughs> let's backtrack a little before we get into talking about uh, the... Um
2: the issue in particular.
0: The spe- the well, I I'd, I'd Do like. Do you want to give another
2: sentence or two about the history of Semia Text? Well, or we should mention
0: Silver's uh, position in all this. So yes,
2: actually, the the uh, the uh, editor general and our, the our grand uh, guru, the chief, uh, the the potentate uh, f- of the magazine from its inception is uh, a uh, a professor of French at Columbia named uh, Silver L'Etranger, uh who's my partner in the magazine, though he's my senior by uh he's the found about founding double, editor he's the founding is. editor of the magazine and uh, uh is uh, working on uh various issues of the magazine at uh at all points and uh about 3 years ago well, let me just uh in a very uh, s- uh rapid way sketch the history a bit a bit more a sentence or two uh, two tracks and isu- uh, a group of issues on national political cultures, of which the third in that sequence, which is kind of an alternating sequence with other issues, um, is on the United States, the most recent issue, which will be in bookstores, I suspect, by Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and the other track, uh, an isu- the track that contains issues like schizoculture, polysexuality, um, an issue uh, called Oasis, which was... Um, something like a uh, fourth world issue
0: urban nomadism i think wasn't that there
2: yeah some some uh, a way of conceiving of the virtues of n- of the nomadic life uh or nomadic thought and uh the uh, refusal to recognize various kinds of barriers um in any event, there are yeah, additional issues of the magazine in the works. Uh, Silver is working on a uh, issue to be called, at least tentatively, Panic. Uh, different different
0: groups of people work on different issues. That's an important point.
2: Yeah, there's kind of a uh, uh, a sense of uh, relatively autonomous editorial collectives, uh, as long as there's some general affinity for the for the project, um, and we feel that. Uh, a single error won't sink the ship Uh, we'll probably continue to operate in that fashion for some while Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, Peter has been working uh, as well on uh, an anthology that may appear as one of the uh, numbers in the magazine which is a, a science fiction anthology uh, I think I've I may have already
0: mentioned that over the air. I'm co editing that with Robert Anton Wilson and Rudy Rucker. And uh it's uh
2: And uh well, I've been working with I'll talk uh, about that more later on. With a couple of other people here and a uh a collective in Moscow on a uh another small collective in Leningrad on an issue called Soviet text. And uh
0: Did that actually get kicked off during the famous Russian event that you did in 1984, on election night?
2: Yeah, I'll say something about that event. Um, I suppose it did get kicked off around then, though I don't have a very strong sense of an an initiation We do events,
0: too. That's another thing that we do.
2: uh, This event that Peter mentions was a a party, actually, that we held on on election night in uh, November of 1984, where we decided... uh, to, uh, actually elect our own president, our uh, own uh, by, president. Uh, by lottery, uh, which seemed like the only sensible way these days to do these things, uh, so everyone who came to the party got a ticket, and, uh, we were actually f- quite prepared to, uh, have our own president convey a message to Moscow, and the mission to Moscow was a real, uh, prize. We, uh, were, were uh, actually prepared to send someone to Moscow, uh, and to uh, work various kinds of networks and contact groups that uh that we feel quite uh, uh intimate with or fraternal or something with there and uh, uh the uh the person who won the prize uh seems uh to have thought it was not real uh, and <laughs> I
0: is can't imagine why he would have thought it was a joke
2: well i, I not, you know there was something about the uh the highly aestheticized sense of uh place that evening that made him think of and mm-hmm. that uh that we weren't uh, engaged area. in a serious political endeavor and of course that was uh not at all the case we were dead serious and <laughs> yeah sure and uh <laughs> in that event uh, our our presidential mission is in temporary abeyance but uh, the issue will no doubt revive that concern and Maybe we'll actually send someone then, when the issue appears, and see how many we can get into the Soviet Union. And
0: mm-hmm. Well, let's let's go back and talk about the the genesis of the idea for a USA issue. Uh, Sue Ann and I were not, the, and and Jim were not the necessarily the first people to work on this uh, project. But uh, I didn't know the earlier group who made an attempt.
2: Well, what happened is, uh, I, I think this idea to the U.S. issue was was probably mine, uh, and we got a group of people together, I suppose about 15 or so, and uh, had a number of uh, meetings of this editorial collective that were uh, very useful for analytic and conceptual purposes. But it wasn't really until uh, Peter and Sue Ann, uh came along to work on the issue that uh, we actually uh, began to really deal with manuscripts and submissions and uh, uh, put the the issue together in real substance, and uh, that process has taken, I suppose, two years or so.
0: About two years. I, I've i been talking on the air, I don't know whether uh, Jim and Sue Ann have always been listening to me, I think they go to bed earlier than me usually, but I've been talking a lot about uh, the world of underground publishing in America, about zines, about Xerox art and mail art and all that kind of thing, and this is the way I got into it. Um, I had a vague idea that, I guess we're talking about around 1984, I had a vague idea, having just come back to America from my travels in the East, that there must be something interesting going on in American literature, but I couldn't find it. And um, the challenge of doing this USA USA issue was to actually dig out what was really going on in uh, what used to be called the underground or the avant-garde, which, as far as I could see, had disappeared, it had been c- completely co-opted since the 60s, which was the last time that I was kind of directly in touch with what was happening in, uh, on the e- thin edge of the wedge in America. So uh, the, first, the first thing that I did was I start to penetrate this world of self-publishing. And uh, I remember one thing I did, for example, I went to the Gotham Book Mart in Midtown on the east side, where they have a whole back room full of literary magazines. And I spent an entire day in there, and I couldn't—I could find only one thing that I wanted to buy, only one magazine that fit my bill. As a matter of fact, it was Smoke Signals, edited by Mike Golden, out of Brooklyn, a few years back. That had, first of all, it had pictures in it. I cannot stand literary magazines that don't have pictures. So, <laughs> we were talking about this before the show started. I have felt this way ever since I was a kid and read Alice in Wonderland. And Alice said, what good is a book without pictures? And I, you're right, Alice. I mean, uh, it, it's quite clear. Um, so that was one thing. All these boring old literary magazines had no pictures in them, and so I could eliminate them right <coughs> away. And it, it really took quite a while to find out what was going on. But once we plugged into this network, it was astonishing. And we sent out invitations to, to uh, thousands of people, and the material just started to really overwhelmingly pour in. The USA Archive must weigh about 400 pounds at this point.
2: It's in, um, it's in plastic milk, uh, cartons, so those big crates that you right. can, uh, occasionally find lying about and, uh, uh, I guess there's about nine or ten of those full of manuscripts. Yeah. So with uh,
0: and, um, eventually there was what was the name of the bookstore that used to be across from St. Martin the East West no what was it called East Side, East Side, East Side right. book, Books for a while was getting a little bit of this kind of literature then they disappeared probably as a direct result of their attempt to uh, to sell uh, self-published and underground literature
1: Neither Nor took that over and uh, had a store on 6th Street
0: which lasted for about a year
1: yeah
0: Neith- Small right, neither nor that was a branch of uh, beatniks from outer space and. uh... Where in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. Dennis McBee, uh, which is w- another another one of what something you might call literary magazine, but it's very definitely in our in our part of the universe.
2: Well, the thing about Semiotext is that it's in some ways kind of uh, weird operation. It's uh, got a relatively large circulation as as uh, literary magazines or cultural journals or whatever. About five thousand. Yeah, five five or six thousand, and. Um, which is bigger than many real, you know, much better known oh, yeah. magazines, but, um, but uh, a kind of quantum leap up from the uh, levels of production chosen or imposed on lots of the little zines. Right. So basically, so we've kind of made a in this issue kind of a magazine and uh, <laughs> directory uh, of zines.
0: It also contains a directory of uh, of people and zines who are very much part of this world.
2: So it's um, it it, in some ways I guess can make available to a much larger audience, uh, material that uh, those best writers of our generation are themselves directing for uh, reasons uh, of their own choosing or uh well I've or already the no choice at groups uh, often uh, no more than uh, fifty or a hundred or a small circle of friends
0: right. Most of the most of this, almo- I would say, only probably about twenty-five percent of this issue was submitted in manuscript form. Maybe maybe forty percent. The rest of it came from small publications. Uh,
2: yeah, it's kind of an old-fashioned distinction now to talk about manuscripts right. that haven't been published and yes, things exactly. that have. Yes, It's mean, a things it's are, published for, uh, a are published for a readership of fifty, or published mm-hmm. for a readership of five hundred, or five thousand, and mm-hmm. um, I'm sure people who are who've stuck their nose into this world uh, at one point or another, paging through 350 pages of Semitext USA would find a few pages that look familiar to them.
0: Right, right. Um, On the other hand, the rest of it won't look familiar, so there's certainly no reason not to go out and get it.
1: Well, people who are familiar with zines will (coughs) recognize a lot of things. It's uh, like a compilation of... uh, and, and a lot of the pieces I thought that we used were pretty classic and were uh, distributed well and well known in this mail networking right. s- yeah, we system.
2: M A I L. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we've we've uh, certainly not uh, done something that many other publishers would do, which is. Turn something down because it had been published in some fashion or other. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, total, totally
0: outdated superstition, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think there's something not sensible about it anymore. Mm. Well, it reaches another
1: well. audience when you republish it.
2: Well, in any event, uh, there are certainly uh, a number of pieces here which we chose, knowing full well that people who know the zine world would uh, would would be familiar with these. Mm-hmm. As Suan says, largely because we could. Uh, make them available to people who don't know nothing of this world and who uh, can best appreciate what's become kind of a classic.
0: Right. So this is, uh, we, l- we don't like to think of this as taking... Uh, classic t- Taking amateur uh, revolutionary material and somehow commodifying it, um, uh,
2: I hope it's not a coffee table book of the revolution. We were worried about that. <laughs>
0: it, it it might might tend to look a little bit that way, but believe me, folks, we're not getting rich <laughs> from this. We're just getting tired and, <laughs> and, and hot. hot. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, our, our the goal of Semiteks. The way I've seen it has always been to present material in a way that uh, will take advantage of. The best printing technology, and therefore may look what you might call slick. I mean we have actually used slick paper on the cover of this issue, but uh we
2: want things to look we want you know we want we want the uh, lobster every day we want mm-hmm. things to be as uh, we want champagne
0: rev at our revolution, we want dancing at the insurrection we, we want, want
1: CDs instead of cassettes <laughs> well, yeah we want the best <laughs> we want the best production values of this
2: uh, crap that we can get and right. Uh, so we, you know, spare no expenses, sort of the way we operate in it.
0: Even if, even when it starts coming out of our own pockets, well. but uh, what we've what we've produced here looks something like a cross between a Sears Roebuck catalog and the Newark phone book, <laughs> as far as size and shape. It's eight and a half by eleven trimmed, and it's three hundred and fifty-two pages. Mm-hmm. And, um, and no white space. <laughs> there is no white <laughs> space in it. it. This is very much part of the, what I consider post-post-modern <laughs> aesthetic of like fill every available space with messages and, I- and images. And uh, uh, it's curious, you know. I wonder, does that aesthetic come from people who have grown up on television as opposed <laughs> to people who grew up on, li- on, on the idea of literature and white space and all of that kind of uh, good, good taste of the 30s and 40s?
1: Mm, no, I th- I think that the, the the good taste is very highly aesthetic today. Oh, so I'm not
0: it's saying it's bad taste. What I mean is that there's a new kind of good taste, which is almost you know, all right. Could be a reaction to watching television, but at the same time, it's something that wants images, images, images. Uh, doesn't consider that uh, printed material is really exciting without images, because you know, because of comic books, for example. There's another thing. Um, because of television, because of movies, because of um, of uh, magazines and advertising, the uh, the whole the whole aesthetic that we've sure, brum- <laughs> Um Well,
2: part of the part of the deal is, I guess, that. Um,
0: anyway, I should say that there is not a single double-page spread in this 352 pages that does not have a graphic, many of which are uh, well, all of all of which are either original, um, photo montage type of stuff, or, well, in some cases, I guess we use just plain stolen oh. material that, that amused Found us. Found material. Fa- <laughs> excuse me, sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, right, objet <laughs> trouvé. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, p- part of it is, I guess, every issue of Semitex has had, a very strong sense of design. Uh,
0: that's true. Semitex has never been an all-word magazine, except maybe the first they few have issues. They put
2: out issues that
1: had lots of nice white space.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. But that's, you know, those that's are... I mean, you know, can't do an Italian issue without uh, kind of having, you know, kind of MIT book publishing style or something. You know? Right, but uh, this is
0: this this is meant to represent what we consider to be the hot aesthetic of the day, which is very much Xerox photo montage.
2: Yeah, I, I think the thing about this is that uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in the zine world, which um, uh, is inventing something like new genre. Uh, Uh, twisted advertisements or uh, Mm -hmm. uh, poems which are largely visual rather than verbal Mm -hmm. or uh, poster poster uh, art a lot of posterish kind of street art street art yeah
0: it's all stuff which has been around since dada but i guess you could say it's coming back again with a vengeance and with a new uh, with a new slant
2: yeah, it's um it's the nomadic genres at work in this. It's difficult to say in this 352 pages that there's much that could be called traditional essay or traditional short story or typical poem. Well, I was really coming to that.
0: It isn't. I shouldn't give the impression that this is all. Uh, that everything in here is by uh, one group of relatively unknown people. Another thing that we've ad- that we attempted to do was to bring together an, in one issue a number of different strains that we consider to be uh, alive and and, uh, and full of energy and um, meaning and potential and all that sort of thing. So first of all, I would say we have a whole slew of people who are old-time semi-text people. Yeah, um, there's kind of a bunch there's of st- William standards. Yeah. William Burroughs is there with a previously unpublished piece.
2: There's uh, Jean Baudrillard. and um, There's a, a group of people that we've, uh, we've been pushing a lot of uh uh european writers um political literary philosophical n- you know you name it post-disciplinary writers uh, in translation and in fact 3 years ago we began a little book series called foreign Agents series that's edited by Silver and, and me uh which is now up to about 15 titles um and uh, many of the writers in that series are are in this uh in this issue. Jean Baudrillard, a French uh, cultural theorist, um, a guy named Paul Virilio, who's written books like uh, Speed in Politics. And, of course, uh, all these
0: guys writing about Pure their,
2: War. Um,
0: about America, about their impressions of America. Yeah,
2: there's two pieces by Jean Baudrillard from a, uh, essays that have later been incorporated into a book of his called L'Amerique, a book about the United States. Which has not yet appeared in English. Yeah, it's not translated yet. Uh, but there are two pieces here which sh- show up in later versions in that book. Two essays about uh, the United States. And uh, uh, a piece by Paul Virilio called Negative Horizon is uh, uh, about speed in politics uh, and forms of pure war. Uh, Talked a lot about speed tests and assault flats. assault flats and things like that. Uh, uh, but uh, those guys are there. Um, Allen Ginsberg has a uh, pieces. Then there's the, of pieces and the, the
0: beatniks, as I said, the ones who aren't either dead or sold out. We've got uh, the beatniks that we all grew up as our, in my case anyway, I should say, the first generation of people that I uh, idolized on the underground scene. Again, Burroughs, um, Allen Ginsberg, Harold Norris, uh, Nathaniel Tarn, by the way, who was, uh, had the honor of being thrown out of the surrealist movement by Andre Breton himself. So uh, we have our <laughs> roots here. We're going back to our roots, too, man. <laughs> and uh, we have it's, n- it's not just all... Um, oh, and sci- science fiction is another world that I wanted to uh, cross over into, and uh, in fact it was the, the very wonderful pieces by Robert Anton Wilson and Rudy Rucker in this book, the USA issue, that gave me the inspiration to invite them to uh, join the old Semutex Collective to do, uh, to do a special science fiction issue. And there's some other, other pieces in here that, would ca- that I would categorize as science fiction, possibly also, although they're the only two pros who contributed. Um, and, uh, well, I could one thing I could do is uh, read what it says on the back at this point, uh, which will give an idea of, of the way we thought of it, and also bring out some key terms that we can then kick around. The journal, denounced in the U.S. Senate for its advocacy of animal sex, presents... A huge compendium of works in American psychotopography, areas not found on the official map of consensus perception, maps of energies, secret maps of the USA in the form of words and images. We are amazed. We are not bored. We have discarded the outworn charm of postmodern incommunicadismo, passion and involvement self-abandoned craziness, funny, sexy, dangerous, unabashedly precious, punk, loud and direct, science fiction, speculative fiction, weird fantasy, pornography, other mutated genres, sermons, rants, broadsheets, crackpot pamphlets, manifestos, xerox and mimeo zines, punk zines, mail art, kids poetry, subverted advertisements, American samizdat, Astounding rhetoric, elegant propaganda, underground comics, geographical documentation, maps, monuments, guides to weird places, photographs, stolen top-secret documents, and a special feature, scores of personal and classified ads, each one with a box number or address to connect you with the edges of the USA. Anarchists, unidentified flying leftists, neo-pagans, secessionists, the lunatic fringe of survivalism, cults, foreign agents, mad bombers, ban the bombers, nudists, monarchists, children's liberation, tax resistors, zero workers, mimeo poets, vampires, futonists, xerox pirates, prisoners, pataphysicians, unrepentant faggots, witches, hardcore youth, poetic terrorists, for the realization of almost unheard of desires that was the, that was sort of the text of our um, of our invitation that we sent out or it's a short shortened shortened and, and hotted up version of our original invitation
2: which i think also was a, a pretty accurate characterization of what's in the issue
0: mhm um. yeah I'm, i i th- th- again i've there are groups that i forgot to mention when i was talking about how many different groups we brought together another one was the uh, comic artists ranging back in time if i can put it that way to uh the underground artists who were more famous in the 50s and early 70s, especially out in California, uh, like... um, Jay Kinney. Like Jay Kinney and Paul Mavrides. And uh, also uh, Bill Griffith gave us a couple couple of Zippy strips, which which I happen to love a lot. I think Zippy is really great. And so we've got some of them. uh, And we've also got um, people who are doing cartoon work Again, on the on the zine underground, we're doing Xerox cartoons and stuff like that. Uh, Baboon Dooley and uh, uh, well, there's a few others. When we get down to actually look, looking inside the book, I can uh, remember the, remember all the names and pieces.
2: Big page of Church of the Subgenius ads.
0: Right, the Church of the Subgenius and uh, of uh, various members and also. Uh, original material on the Church of the Subgeniuses in here. I would say this is required reading for all subgeniuses. (laughs) (laughs) Bob has spoken. And lots
1: of stuff to look at.
0: Yeah, and um, Sue Ann's contribution. Sue Ann, why don't you tell how you got involved in this project?
1: Mm. Well, I was inspired by uh, culture. I thought that was great. And I was doing self-publishing out in Seattle putting out a magazine journal that we called Patio Table.
0: Which is excerpted in this issue. (laughs) In fact, I was going to do that before I knew Sue Ann. I'd seen, I found a copy of Patio Table in Eastside Books, the big black compendium package that you put together. Mm -hmm. And um, I I I had already marked two or three pieces from that that I was going to print before I knew you. So, let no one accuse me of uh, whatever nepotism mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> but I just got a letter from Sue Ann, in the mail saying, "Hey, let me sacrifice my life for the next two That's years right. to this project. <laughs> <and> <laughs> let let no me way. let me throw myself <laughs> on the altar of semiotext here for you, and uh, be the art editor of the thing. And and the fact that this is so chock full of fantastic art, you couldn't shake a stick at it, is thanks to Sue yeah. Ann."
1: Well, I always thought that people saw the visuals first and read the words second, and if you got them visually, then you got them.
0: Yeah. The think. cover in itself is uh, is is interesting in my in my opinion because it's uh, it's a collective effort. We, uh, in fact, <laughs> it's many highly many arbitrary. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that because <laughs> probably a lot of people look at it and say, "Yeah, it looks like it was put together by a committee." <laughs> but. Uh, we sat around and and cooked up this idea, layer by layer, of a kind of icon that would represent to us everything that we were trying to say about the USA. Who were some of the, aside from ourselves, who were the other people who were involved in it? I know Just actually of one,
2: one other person, a guy named Todd A. Young. Who did the Polaroid mock-up. Who's up, a right? kind of uh, a Trinidadian and Danish. Uh, and uh, who... Uh, contributed piece to the art. Piece of um, art for the cover.
0: And then on the back oh. we have uh, a detournée version of a, of a U.S. postage stamp. I wonder if we can get in
2: trouble for that. hope so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we it's want trouble, right? We're out for it's trouble. It's too
2: big to use, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's like printing a picture of money or something. Anyway, the United it's States... been altered. <laughs> United States postage has changed to United States hostage and so forth and so on. That's a term that comes from situationism de- to to detour something, like an advertisement or an official piece of artwork. Is uh, I don't know. Let's see. How could you put that in a nutshell? Just to mess around with it until it says the opposite of what it, what the original makers intended it to say. Not necessarily the opposite, of, or or something different. To
2: go uh, in a transgressive direction somehow, mm. and uh, maybe in uh, less predictable than just merely opposite.
0: I would say that idea had an immense influence on world aesthetics in general that a lot of people don't realize that it came from situationism.
2: Yeah, situationism is a movement that's uh, quite uh, uh, quite important in a lot of the stuff that we've been doing for a long time um, at Semitext. And uh, I don't know, if there were isms that seem to be uh, useful in what we've uh, done, I suppose that would be one to Theoretically, we've
0: w- theoretically we've left all isms behind, right? <laughs> uh, yes, <yeah. laughs> we are no longer the slaves of isms here at w- at, uh, at semi attacks or at WBAI for that matter. <laughs> Sydney's showing looks of doubt there, but uh, anyway, <laughs> we're we're working on freeing the station from all idea all the all ideological chains. But I would certainly say that the USA ish- issue uh, is um, post ideological. If anything, in, uh, I was setting out to make it, uh, among all the other things, I've, of course I mentioned the word anarchist already, I was setting out to make it um, maybe post-anarchist would be... Uh,
2: it's, it's probably post-anarchist and certainly post-Marxist. Post-post-Marxist. And many, uh, many mm. oh, you know, post here, three or f- five posts, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's a four-post Marxist uh, journal and... Um, Uh, it's uh, it's it's found uh, useful but uh, examined critically a number of traditions situationism marxism anarchism other forms of communism that are not marxist varieties Um, there's a lot uh, of things here midnight midnight
0: notes friends from boston uh, yeah
2: midnight notes has some some nice uh are perhaps more on
0: the more on the left more towards the left uh, than than most anarchists would consider themselves but they're certainly very liberationist and uh,
2: There's a lot of
0: as critical of Marxist dogma and nonsense as they are of any other kind of dogma and nonsense.
2: I don't think this...